Today, the second day of Purim, I want to talk to you about the evolution of religion, a subject that is not often spoken about. Many people talk about the evolution of nature and all that theories that they believe in, even though they are not so. And they talk about the evolution of iPhones, evolution of Microsoft operating systems like Windows. They talk about many different kind of evolutions, evolutions in the kitchen, meaning the way that the cuisines have progressed with the ages, evolution of cleanliness and technology, how we've come up with new and better ways to do things. But what about religion? Where did they all come from and who evolved out of whom? You know, the word itself, religion, that in Hebrew, simply means law. That is all religion is. It is law. Now, what we call religion is not simply law, which by itself is an evolution of the word law. How we took the initial meaning, initial definition, and transformed it into a convention, which simply means an agreement among people, which translate the word religion, which means law, into a lifestyle under a set of predetermined, pre-agreed upon laws, which by itself is a is a man-made concept. You know, a law is something that is defined by nature. It is something permanent, established by the Creator. The law of gravity, the law of relativity, the law of the speed of light, the law of matter, the first and second laws of thermodynamics, the laws of physics, the laws of math, the, law, the laws of science which, by the way, all of them are testifying and witnessing to the intelligent creator, God. You know, everybody likes to examine those laws and, and try to use them in order to disprove God. But the very fact that you have the laws and the ability to understand them and use them is a witness to God. You know, you could say we evolved out of a monkey, but where did math come from? Where did the laws of the universe evolve? If everything is just an accident, then there shouldn't be any order to things. There should be no laws. It should just be a bunch of randomness. You know, do you expect a glass of spilt milk to explain where did the glass come from? How did it spill? And, and how, you know, and the milk itself will somehow diverse and, and, and write you an intelligent message about the universe? No. So the very fundamental that we have laws testifies to the intelligent creator. And yet the word religion in the sense that we know today and we use today is not the original intention, is not the original definition and meaning. What we call religion today, as I said, is a certain lifestyle that people claim. Are you religious? Well, everyone is religious because everyone has a certain lifestyle under a set amount of laws, rules, customs, rituals, traditions. Everyone, whether it is 
what you call a Muslim ritual, you know, wearing whatever it is that they wear, praying five times a day, you know, saying Allah, Akbar, all those ceremonial washings, you know, whatever it is that they do, whether it is just a secular religion, you wake up in the morning, you brush your teeth, you know, you, you go, you make your eggs, you go on your hikes, it's a religion. You go to school every morning, it's a religion. You go to work every morning, it's a religion. It is something that you do religiously. You live by those laws. It is a religion. So everyone is religious. It is only a question of which religion and why do you follow that religion? See, God, by his definition, did not give us the religion that we are used to today. He gave us the religion of life, which is to live with him, to breathe, to blink, to have our hearts beat and pump blood into our brain so we can think, we can sing, we can worship. That is God's religion. We eat, we digest, and you know what happens next. That is the religion. That is what God intended for us to be. He did not intend for us to wear kippahs, tefillin, crosses. The, I forget all the names of those Muslim robes, forgive me. He did not intend for us to be Buddhists in a temple, to be yin-yang, to be astrologers, to be all kind of other stupid religions. A religion where you prostitute yourself on the ground, stretch your butt out, or like all those yogis do. That's all man-made crap. It has nothing to do with God. You can't blame God for the stupidity of man. God is not the problem. God is righteous. He, you know, if God has never given us the Torah, if God had never tried to teach us how to behave, maybe you would have had a point to blame him and say, well, you never told us what to do. But that's not the case. God told us how to behave. He gave us instructions. He gave us this precious, most precious gift of his word, the written Torah, with instructions how to act, how to worship, how to live properly. So can you blame him because we ignore that law? If there is a law that says do not drive a red light and somebody drives a red light, you cannot be angry with the law, or better yet, the lawgiver. The law is good. Just because people choose to ignore it doesn't testify against the law, it just testifies against that person. You know, people today, they, they love religion because we are wired for religion. It is deeply embedded in our soul to have those traditions, to have those universal rep repetitive actions that we live by. Everything in the world, everything in the universe is in cycles. See, God created the universe that way. Everything is in cycles. The galaxies spin round and round. The earth spins round and round. The moon spins round and round, day, night, day, night, day, night. We get up every morning, we go to sleep at night. We get up every morning, we go to sleep at night. Everything is in cycle. Birth, life, death, everything is in cycle. See, death only came after the fall of sin, but which, truth be told, broke the cycle and, and started the new one. But nevertheless, we are wired for repetitive actions because we are all spiritual babies. You need to understand, it does not matter how old you are on this earth, you are still a baby. You haven't even been, been fully born yet. It's only when you are released from this physical prison 
and you come face to face with your creator, that you can be fully born. And then there's the matter of reaching maturity, which takes forever. <laughs> but the point being is that we are created for this repetitiveness in order to teach us habits, to teach us discipline, to teach us principles, just like you do to your babies. Your babies know you got nap time at two, you got, you got to feed him, you know, five times a day, you got to give him a bath at seven, put him to bed by eight. You have to have this discipline, this religion, something that keeps you in track. You got to have a routine. And that's really all religion is. It's a routine. You know, the, you can say the, the, the stars have a religion. What is the religion? They go round and round in a routine. The universe has a religion. It lives by certain sets of laws. The laws of gravity, the laws of time, the laws of math, the laws of physics. And the universe obeys those laws. See, if you claim to be a Christian, you identify your religion as a Christian, which, you know, I'm not going to get into that. That's another story. But let's say that's what you identify yourself as, right? So you know the laws of Christianity, right? Whatever that is in your specific denomination, that's different. But whatever you agree upon is what you live by. And that is your religion. So when you come to the evolution of religions and you start to think, where did they all come from? It's not entirely simple, but it is simple enough to backtrack and reverse engineer and see where it all comes from. See, we know that Islam evolved sometimes around the 600, 700 AD, 700 years after Yeshua Messiah. And we know that Christianity evolved sometimes 300 to 400 years after Yeshua Messiah. And Islam most likely came somewhat from Christianity, but not really. It, it somewhat derived from those people that kind of went astray. You know, Muhammad gathered them and Muhammad claimed to be a prophet, whatever. I'm not even going to get into that. But Islam is a mutation. It is not the origin. Obviously, if it wasn't there first, it is not the initial religion. It is not the creation religion. Therefore, by that very definition, it is false. See, Mormonism, with the Book of Mormon, with the prophet, I forget his name, it doesn't matter, is very similar to Islam. He took what Christianity was in the Western world, and he decided he's going to make up a story that he is the only one who heard from an angel and saw some tablets that nobody else heard, and then he translated them, even though nobody saw them, and came up with something new. That is a mutation. It is not the origin. Therefore, it is false. Coming back to Christianity and Catholicism, that is not the origin. It is false. It is taken from Judaism. Now, Judaism is a bit tricky because there are certain types of Judaism. When you say Judaism, well, what do you mean? See, I was at the bank today and I was preaching to the teller over there. He asked me, what do I do? I tell him I serve the Lord. And I, I, I teach the Torah, the real Torah, not like those Orthodox rabbis that he probably know of. So he asked me some questions, you know, he was interested, and I taught him. And he, he was very surprised to hear what I told him, because he's not used to somebody speaking the truth in a logical, sensible way. He's used to a bunch of religious people telling you to put on tefillin and kippahs. I don't wear a kippah, I don't need one. Adam did not wear a kippah, why do I need one? That's not in the Torah. See, he asked me if I keep kosher, I told him, yes, according to the Torah. 
I don't eat pork, but I do eat meat and dairy. That's not in the Torah. And I told him why. See, the religion of Judaism by itself is a mutation. Everything that the Orthodox Jews do, wearing black hats, black suits, growing their beards out, wearing tefillin every morning, you know, all that talit, all, all those three prayers, morning, going to, to synagogue. That is a mutation. God never gave us synagogues. There was no synagogue until after the Babylonian exile, 586 BC. So what we call Judaism today is a mutation. So a mutation of what? Now, this is where it gets really tricky because now you really got to come back to the source. What came before that? The Torah of Moshe. The Torah of Moshe by itself, you know, I'm going to give you a second to think about it, but the Torah of Moshe by itself is a mutation. Why? Because A, the Torah of Moshe was not there in the beginning, and B, the Torah of Moshe was changed and mutated to fit the time in which it was given. See, remember, the Pharisees came to Yeshua, they asked him about marriage, what about divorce? And he said, what did Moshe tell you? Well, if you can give a certificate of divorce and let her go. And Yeshua said, yes, but in the beginning, God created man and woman, and he said, let them become one flesh. A man shall leave his mother and father and become one flesh with his wife, and the two shall become one. Well, if the two shall become one, how can you get a divorce? That's like cutting you right down the middle. And we know in Malachi 3 that God hates divorce. So we know that the Torah of Moshe by itself was not the origin. It was a mutation. So now the question arises, well, if that is a mutation, what is the origin? Ah, interesting, isn't it? See, you can only go so far back using written text because back in the day, people did not write. Not because they couldn't, but because there was no need to. Writing only occurred and was only needed when people stopped doing their jobs in remembering. When the mutations, the genetic mutations in their brains started getting so much worse that their memory stopped functioning the way it was designed. See, in the very, very beginning, Adam and Chava and their children, they lived to be hundreds of years, up to 900 plus. They did not need to write anything down because they knew it. What better source do you have than your brain if your brain functions and you have a great memory? You know, people talk about people, you know, people like Rainman memorize the entire phone book. Well, why would you need to write anything down if you can remember everything? You only need to write it if you don't remember or if you want to pass it on to someone that is not right there next to you. But why would you need to do that if you all live together, you all stay connected, and you all have great memories and understanding, and your brain is the best computer anyway? You don't need to look it up. You don't need to remember where you put it. And the best of all, nobody can steal your information and your knowledge. I ask you a question. You don't have to look it up. You just know, and you pull it out of your memory instantly because your brain functions the way it was designed. See, so when you think about these things, you have to remember we are already mutated. Our minds are mutated. Our physical body is mutated. Our genetic sequences are mutated. We are the poodles of humanity. And I say that because a poodle is a derivative. It is a mutated, defaulted, defected animal. It is an accident in another world. You know, the wolf was there in the beginning. The poodle came towards the end. The poodle has lost so much of its genetic richness 
and has so many mutations and faulted genes. One of them is the gene that is supposed to order the growth of hair to stop once it reaches a certain length. But in the poodle, that gene is, is not functioning. So the poodle actually keeps growing his hair indefinitely. That is why you have to give them haircuts or else the hair will get in their eyes and their ears and they will die. The poodle is very similar to us today. We have so many different diseases, so many weaknesses. We get sick all the time. We get allergies, all of these things. That was not there in the beginning. That is a result of 6,000 years of mutations accelerated by all of the use of chemicals started in the last hundred or so years. We've destroyed the planet. We've polluted everything with our factories and industries, chemicals, plastic, everything we pollute in the air, all those gases, everything we do. It's destroying us. It's killing us. We're eating poison. It's in the agriculture. All the sprays and the chemicals we, we use for... Uh, uh, you name it. <laughs> but it wasn't there in the beginning. So you have to take that into consideration when you talk about the evolution of religion. So I mentioned the Torah of Moshe was the evolution because Adam received the initial original Torah. He did not need to write it down. He was born with it on his heart. And that was the religion. He... His religion was to live with God, to walk with God, to be holy, to be kind, to be gracious, to be loving, to be honest, to be just, to be merciful, graceful, to be holy and pure, innocent. That was his religion. That was God's religion. A set of laws, rules, regulations, which was a lifestyle. And that was the original original purpose of Adam. See, Adam was created religious, but not in the way that you would ascribe today. He did not wear a kippah, put on tefillin, wear tzitzit, or do any of that mess that we do today. It wasn't that kind of religion. That, what we do today is man-made. Adam did God-made, because he was God-made. It was only after all these mutations along the different ages, along the different millennials, along the different people that come up with ideas and playing a game of broken telephone, that religions became what they are today. But if you want to find the truth, remember it is a scientific principle that you have to return to the source. You know, all of those atheist scientists, if they cannot prove the Big Bang, everything else is irrelevant. And of course, they cannot prove the Big Bang because a lot of different reasons. Uh, irrelevant for this discussion, but everything else that they claim to believe in falls on that one foundation, because if you cannot describe the creation of the universe as a naturalistic, you know, principle, something that happens without an intervention of an external supernatural source or force, everything else is relevant. Also, because if you cannot believe, if you cannot prove that the universe has existed for billions of years, there goes the theory of evolution, because <laughs> evolution by its foundation is random mutations and natural selection over, you know, hundreds of millions of years. But if there were no hundreds of millions of years, you don't even need to get to the rest of it to know it is impossible. And there is a lot more to it. So many holes, it doesn't matter. It's not even the discussion here. I'm talking about the religions of God, not of men. See, that is a religion, though. You know, just so you know, people say, I don't believe in anything. Yes, you do. You're an atheist. That is your religion. Well, and then you will do whatever that religion does, and you will get paid according to 
what that religion pays, which is death. So, you want the source. You don't want to be a mutant. You have to return to God's religion, which is life, light, and love. Towards him, first and foremost, you cannot be a good man, a good woman, unless you have a relationship with your Heavenly Father and love him with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your might. So don't give me any of that nonsense, those excuses. Well, I'm an honest man. Yeah, but you're not following God, so you're a hypocrite and a liar and an evil man. You cannot be good unless you love God. He is your creator, so by default, if you do not love him, you're a rebel. And I've never met any rebel to be considered good. So don't lie. Second of all, love the creation. Love your fellow man. And I don't mean sleep around with them. That's not love. That's lust. I mean, be kind. Don't go hurting other people. You don't have to, you know, jump in front of every cow for every, you know, old woman. That's not what love is. Love is simply to be kind. Treat them with respect. Don't steal from them. Don't kill them. Don't try to hurt them. Help them. Guide them on the right path. See, I'm loving you right now. Why? Because I'm telling you how to draw nearer to God. I'm giving you words of life. Whether you accept it or not, that's up to you. That's between you and God. I don't care. You know, some people say my words are harsh. Who can listen to them, right? That's their problem. You know, the word of God is now butter knife. The word of God is sharper than any double-edged sword can separate between flesh and spirit. It's supposed to hurt. If it doesn't hurt, then I'm doing something wrong. But it is your choice and your decision to do whatever you want with the information you've been given. You can either hear and obey, like God told Israel, or you can just rebel and do whatever you want, like Israel does today. But rest assured that God is in control and nobody gets away from his judgment. It has happened before and it is happening again. The Holocaust was just a glimpse. It was a trailer for what's to come. It was a speck of the true and final judgment of the end of days that will come not just on Israel, but on the entire world. So take that into your religious thoughts and consideration and return to God's religion, not man. Just 